Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast and another episode in our Great Australian Story series. We're in the final throes of 2020. It's almost Christmas and what a gift we have for you today. I met my guest a few years ago when we were speakers at an event and then our speaker was an actual event at one of our live events recently. His catch, his catch cry at that event was the main thing is the main thing. And this has stayed with our team and our community and is referenced often. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to share with us today. Never afraid of hard work, seeking only benchmark performance from everyone on his team, including himself. Please welcome Melbourne Storm General Manager of Football, Frank Panisi. Frank, good afternoon. How are you? Good to see you again, mate. Very good. Very good, Stefan. Good to see you as well. Yeah, so we always start with the same question. And, uh, you know, as it relates to uh, you and your and your journey, what has been your biggest roadblock in life and or business or in administration, doing what you do? Um, how did you overcome it? Uh, Stefan, I think the biggest roadblocks in, well, I can't speak for anyone else, but certainly my life is myself. I think it's the limitations you put on yourself. I think um, I think they roadblocks. I think sometimes your your personality, whilst everyone's got great qualities, they also got some traits that at times holds them back. Whether it's stubbornness or you know um, you know sometimes we all get moody or get a little bit down, and I think that they affect the way you go about your business, the way about you go about your life. So it's the ability to snap out of that. It's the ability to be aware of it first of all, and then the second was the ability to snap out of it. That uh, you know determine whether you know, how long you stay in that rut or you move through. So there's a lot of roadblocks in life you can't do anything about, but the ones you can control, um, they're the ones you need to work on. And never a year where you got to learn more about yourself than you did anything else, I guess. 2020 certainly uh, um, was an unplanned, uncertain and very doubtful sort of year, but uh, we got to learn a lot about ourselves. That, that, that's my take on this year more than anything, and I'm sure you and your um, your space and your place of uh I guess being a professional, doing what you do, you would have had the same experience, no doubt. It was, especially, I mean, I've considered myself, along with the many of us at the Melbourne Storm, we're extremely detailed, extremely planned and organised in everything we do. And this year was a real challenge to that because things change constantly and they change unexpectedly and sometimes very rapidly. So it was the ability to overcome that and adapt to the new challenges, which, which at that time was demanding. But at the same time, it was if you didn't change, you didn't adapt, you're going to get left behind. So it was it was a real year for testing those particular qualities. Ah, beautiful. Well done, mate. For those um, who are listening who don't know you, can you give us a snapshot of who you of you and what what a day in your life typically looks like? You know, give us a little bit of background on what your typical day looks like. Yeah, look, my title is general manager of football at the Melbourne Storm. I've been doing that now for 13 seasons, and I think. The most uh, easiest way to describe what I do is that I is is the, is the term manager. Um, I'm general manager of football operations, and I think early on when I started it, with my role was becoming too operational and not enough management. Um, but basically now I see my role as managing a large group of people, uh, whether that's uh, staff, football staff, and or players, 
um, and getting the very help them get the very best out of themselves. And by doing that, by providing an, a positive environment, uh, culture is a buzzword that's been used a lot. So it's basically in, on the guardian of, of what we've got at the storm in terms of ensuring that the standards have met. Um, you know, it's, and like anything, no one does anything on their own. It's a, it's a group of collective people, but there's certain people in organisation that are responsible to make sure that everyone's humming in the same direction, everyone's following the same standards that we all all set, and, and you know, you make people accountable for it. So. Oh, that's basically my role and it, it changes every day you know your, your priorities change sometimes things pop up that you weren't expected and but generally speaking it's it's just allowing people to do their job and, and i guess on that um frank i guess my experience with business predominantly and and the many clients that we work with across the spectrum um gaining that core group and gaining that alignment as to the standard you know, this is the standard and having a core group that's coming coming through, obviously, in your case, on the field, off the field, um, and getting them really sort of living it and therefore becoming the reference point. To a certain degree, would that make your job easier or does it, I guess, put pressure back on you to keep on raising, okay, we're here and now we need to be here? How, how does that work for you as it relates to being this, the spokesperson and the, um, the epitome of standard? I think there's uh, both what you answered there, Stefan. I think obviously if you've got good people who work well, it makes your job a lot easier. Uh, but sometimes you got to have some tough conversations in terms of, and that's what leaders do. You've got to have tough conversations when those standards aren't being met and, and you've got to make sure that you make people aware of that and, it makes, and you make sure that people stick to it. Um, that's the challenging and that's some, at times the parts of the job that you don't enjoy, but it's, it's, it's an important part of the role as well. And I vividly remember when you shared uh, several years ago, you know, the standard you decide to walk by is the standard that you uh, ultimately own, right? And I remember that. And uh, it's it's interesting to hear several years later, it still is the uh, the go-to. It's the uh, it's the platform. And uh, it's it's not easy being a manager, a leader of human beings, but it's uh, it's 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 way harder turning your turning your eye against what is the standard. It is, it is, Stefan. I think. I think the thing about leadership and, and, and managing people is it's not about telling them what to do and how to do their job. Because I think basically you set the expectations of what's required from a what we call a Melbourne Storm person or a Melbourne Storm player. These are their, our expectations. But at the end of the day, um, can't start telling people, this is how you do your job and this is what you should do. We, we had a great phrase this year, which really resonated pretty strongly with us. And it was people will rise to the challenge if it's their challenge. So basically you, you, you plant the seed and you tell them what you can do, but then then they've got to own it and you'll let them own it because they don't own it, they, they won't buy into what you're all about. So I think that's that's a critical part. And I think sometimes that, you know, as, as, as leaders, we just, we can influence people and point them in the right direction, but ultimately they've got to own what they do. No, I love that. And, and it's all above the line, all that ownership, accountability stuff. It's it's really strong. Hey, what has been your biggest, your number one, your number one biggest learning in in in, in business in your career, player and or manager, and how has it helped shape you and where you are today and where you might be in five years' time? Because I don't think you're uh, going anywhere fast. Right? Uh, it's, a, it's a great question, Stefan, and I'd probably share a little story I had from 12 months ago. Uh, I was in New York and I was walking around uh, Central Park and admiring all the, the many um, bench seats and, and people who have been to New York is a lot of the benches ha are, are dedicated to people 
um, and most of the time, obviously, people that have passed away. And, and a lot of those, rather than the names, have got little quotes. So I always like reading little quotes. And there's one that really stuck with me, which basically answers this question. It, it went something along the line as, um, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to dance in the rain. And I, it really, you know, you, you look at those quotes and you think of it, and, and that's, what, that's what I've learned in life, is that probably early on when you start, you, you think everything's perfect. And you're looking for that perfection all the time. And, you know, it's, it, there's another great quote. It's, it's not about life and, and whether it's business or your life. It's, it's not about being in the state of perfection. It's about the pursuit of perfection. It's two different things. Because if you aim to be perfect all the time while you're waiting for perfect conditions to do your work, you, you're going to be disappointed a lot of the times. But it's that pursuit of trying to be perfect that gets the very best out of people. Um, and this year, that, that particular quote really resonated strongly because things changed so significantly as the year went on from the start to the year. Along the way, you know, we, we were relocated twice and, and then even during those relocations, things changed. So if we just waited for the perfect conditions, we would have been left behind, as I said before. So we had to, so basically is you know, learning to dance in the rain is, okay, this is the new norm. We've got to deal with the new norm. And that's what life's about. And that's it. And that basically is just another way of being resilient and being more adaptable. Yeah. And um, I mean, we, we had David Butterfant. Um, you, you'll know David's name. Mm. Um, he was doing a fair bit of work with our uh, clients throughout the year. Um, again, it was, it was part of us reaching out to our clients and saying, okay, you know, this is going to be different. And um, rather than worrying about the end goal, let's just really take control of what we can control today, the journey the pursuit of uh, success, the pursuit of breakthrough, the pursuit of getting through. And um, as, as the year is rolling, Frank, um, it's fair to say there's been a lot more reflection from my perspective and what I've seen, not only for myself, but, but many, um, many that we work with and associate with. It's been a lot more of a reflection and, and there's certain things that are sort of raising to the top as it relates to, okay, what is really important? And without being altruistic and it has to be perfect, it's about progression. There's no two ways about it. And if you do your best and there's a learning at the end of that, you've done your best. And at least you know there's a learning. And what we're seeing, again, um, adults, uh, very successful business owners, leaders, uh, men and women, um, you know, th their ability to push through and dance in the rain. You know, no one would have predicted what we had as a year in 2020. You know, last last year on the Christmas table, I'm not sure about you, Frank, but on my Christmas table last year, no one said, hey, you know what? There might be this COVID thing. We should watch out for that one. It was like, you know, 2020 was going to be an amazing start to an amazing decade. And and in all um, in all honesty, I think, it, I think there's more opportunity right now if you can continue to just see the upside. There's more opportunity because of what we've pushed through. So I just, I, I love what you just shared and um, the reflection upon, you know, obviously quotes from people who have passed and have been acknowledged. Um, and, and that is an amazing walk at Central Park and, and so many other places in New York. But how you deal, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's, that's, that's the one that's got us through this year at Business Benchmark Group, Frank. And it's an old one. We don't own that, but it's... Um, how you choose to do anything is how you do everything. So love that sharing. Uh, you've been through some testing times in your career. Could you share how this has impacted you personally and how you have gathered the strength to begin the rebuild? 
Yeah, look, I think the tough times definitely make you tougher. And I think you said something really important, Stefan. You, you've got to learn from all those experiences. And I think that's otherwise um, you're not going to progress in life. I think, look, the difficult part, obviously, from a professional point of view, is the, the, the most testing time was 10 years ago exactly for our, when we went through the salary cap season. Uh, that was the toughest in terms of, you know, we've had, we've had uh, losses and, and times where our form hasn't been good and people have doubted your, your, your ability and all those things. That, those things only make you uh, more determined to prove people wrong or prove yourself wrong. 210 was the hardest because your integrity got questioned. And I think integrity is, is really, really tough. So that, that was a tough time. But again, a bit like the, you know, just dancing in the rain and getting through it, that resilience and getting through it is if you can get through those tough times, it definitely... It hardens you up. It, it, your skin gets thicker. Um, you know, you don't realise at the time, but you're better for the experience. So I think that's, you know, and it's like it's a it's a bit like that quote about what you've learned in life. You, you know, you're going to go through those ups and downs. It's it's how you handle those downs and how quickly you get over those downs. It's going to make you enjoy the ups far more than than, than you would normally because you appreciate and you do remember that the times you were down. And, and no doubt, I mean, you're working with um, elite, elite level uh, athletes, elite level uh, administration teams, and and you are in, a, in, in an elite, I guess, um, group of organisations that play sport in the world. When you think about what what Melbourne Storm has achieved since its inception in 1998, it's still a very, it's the youngest club in the league, isn't it? Uh, except the got well, yeah, it is really because the Gold Coast Titans come in, but they've had a few different goes at it. So I suppose it would be, yes, it would be. So when you think about, you know, since 1998, the Melbourne Storm has, um, you know, it, it's it's befitting the epitome of success. Four premierships: 1999, 2012, 2017, 2020, stripped of two premierships: 2007 and 2009. The saga and the rebuild of 2010 and so forth. Um, Craig Bellamy's era began in 2003. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, so when you think about in such a short amount of time to be right up there as, a, as an elite, referenced as one of the best ever organisations, and that's just going to be something that continues. How long have you been there, for Frank? How long, when did you start? 13 seasons ago. No, yeah, the end of, so, end of 2007. So, you know, when, when you think about legacy and you think about... And, and it's fair to say, just just because some people don't know the full story, you know, it's fair to say you had nothing to do, otherwise you wouldn't be here, with um, with anything that occurred in that in that period with the salary cap. But you you did an enormous job, in my opinion, and and I don't follow the game as as closely as others, but your your legacy, your reputation to have um, stepped in with 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 the with the uh, leaders of the time to take the club through its lowest point and bring it back to being of um, strength. And, and this is the question I have for you. Um, what are you most proud of in your life and what would you say is your number one legacy? And, and, and it can be family, of course, Frank, but but I just think you've been there for 13 years. You, you were around at the lowest point and you you, you were part of the, uh, the drive-through to get this club back where it is right now. And I just think that's... A phenomenal piece of legacy. If you're not prepared to share that, I'm sharing it on your behalf. But over to you, mate. What do you, what, what do you feel is your number one legacy thus far? Yeah, look, probably 
Certainly, in terms of my views, your, your first question, what you're most proud of, obviously, you know, your family's number one. But in terms of your professional life, I think my passion as a kid has become my my job. And I think I'm very fortunate there. But, you know, I've loved rugby league since I was a little boy, as long as I can remember. So for years, you just played it and was involved at a, a volunteer level and just a fun growing up. So suddenly that to become your profession. And I, I started in this industry all bit the roles have changed over the years and the, the organisations have changed, but it's 30 years this year since I've been basically full-time in this industry. And I think that longevity is something I'm, I'm really proud of. I think longevity is is, um, is something we all strive for, but it's really tough because, you know, you have some of the times that, like any job, as much as you love your job and um, it, it has its, its challenging times. Um, so I think longevity is one, and I think definitely over the last 10 years has been the sustained success here at the Storm. I think that those, those would be the definitely the things that I'm most proud of in, in my professional life. In terms of legacy, I think that's for other people to judge, to be honest with you, Steph. But look, I think it's more a question, how do you want, when you do finish at an organisation or whether it's your career, is that if people use the two words passionate and caring, I think I'd be real proud of that. I think that's if people see he was a passion, he was passionate about his job and he was passionate about the organisation. He cared cared about the place and he cared about the people. I think if you had those two, you'd be really proud of that legacy. So I, I think they're the, they're the things that I'd, I'd look forward to most. My uh, my first coach, um, I was a twenty four years old, twenty four year old in business, and he um, and I'd taken over a family business which I wasn't exactly enthused it was not my plan <laughs> i had to take over a bit of a broken business with mum and dad's um, textile manufacturing business uh, we rebuilt that from broken to uh being the, the number one supplier to nike adidas and puma in australia and in a tough in a tough industry in a tough uh i guess um era as it relates to the 90s when everyone was going to china and whatever but uh my first coach taught me he goes mate suck it up he goes at every milestone birthday from now on i want you to write as I want, I want you to write your um, obituary. And I don't want you to tell me what you did. I only want you to talk to me about how you did it. The decisions you were making as to how you went and moved forward. I don't want to know about what. What's for others to write that part for you? For you, I want you to be writing, this is how I did it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit like the old quantity versus quality. You know, it's about... Uh... It's not just listing all the things you've done, but it's you know how you've gone about doing it, doing it, which is the critical part. You're, you're so right there, Stephen. Um, if you could go back to your younger self, if you can go back to your younger self, and let's just say you know those early twenties, those late uh, teens, when we're a little more uh, bulletproof, I guess. But if you could go back and tell your younger self three things, what would they be? <laughs> There'd be more than three things, Stefan, I can guarantee you. Uh, good question. I think, look, the first one is the old phrase, things are never as bad or as never as good as they seem. And I think that's important. I think um, when things are going along really well, it's not a time to rest on your laurels. To It keeps your foot on the ground. Uh, and you always got to review and how can you get better? Because yeah, otherwise, if you stand still, people are going to go past you pretty quick. At the same time, too, when things are really down and really down, and we've all been in those situations, is they're never as bad as they seem. And sometimes the light may seem a long way away from the tunnel, uh, down the tunnel, but they're not that bad. You're doing some good things. It's just, unfortunately, the things you aren't doing as, as good seem to uh, 
take over the the, the, the good things you do. So I think it, that balances your, your you know your you know, your mindsets by having that. Uh, and at times, especially anyone early in their career, that you know I think sometimes things are going really well, you do get ahead of yourself. There's no doubt about it. And there's there's also times when things are down, you you, you look at the worst and and you stress and worry too much. So I think it's important to have that. Two is one I've never mastered, but I would have loved to have kept the journal for the journey. I think there are so many things that yeah, fantastic. I think that's greatest regret I've got. You just not not keeping one. That's brilliant. Yeah. That would actually that probably be the first thing I'd, I'd tell the seventeen-year-old. Uh, and the third one, I think, is the old, you know, just stop and smell the roses at times. You know, I think you, it's only now you start to realise that, but early on you're just such, you know, hurry to do things and what's next. You, you achieve one, and then how's the next thing? And I think basically, time is just just stop where you are and just appreciate life, appreciate what you've got, enjoy the success if you if it's successful at the time, or just just be grateful for what you've got. I, th I think that'd probably be the three things. You go back and um, you know uh, tell a younger self. Fantastic! I love that. And as you were just sharing that, I was thinking of my eighteen-year-old that's just finishing his BCE exam today, and and that's it. He's now moving into his next phase and and a fairly mature um, a mature mind and a mature approach in what has been a a great schooling era, but a testing year as such. And um, I was just reflecting as you were just sharing as to uh, as to how he's managed a lot of that, and um, I'm so proud of him. So thanks for uh, taking me there for a moment. I referenced in my opening the main thing is the main thing from our first meeting. Can you help our audience today to understand what that means for you as it relates to you know three four years down the track? The main thing being the main thing. Yeah, actually, it went a little bit little bit further too, Stefan. It was. When I was t I first heard this in 2004 by a great basketballing coach in, in America called Pat Riley, who had, had the uh, luxury of spending 45 minutes in his company. And he was that's the first I heard that phrase was from Pat Riley. And he said, remember, he said, the main thing is to remember to keep the main thing, the main thing. And again, it's a, and it's a, so many things. It took me a while to really understand, but he's right. It basically is life and, and business is just so busy, you know, with our, our workloads seem to be bigger than they are ever. You know, I'm not sure why, but they are. Um, and if you just, if you look at your own job description, if, if you tried to do everything that to cover everything evenly, you only do a fair job, not a great job. So that the idea is to really identify in your job description or in your life is what what's the uh, prioritise, identify the priorities that may, are most important. Everything's important, but what's the most important things? Those, and there shouldn't be more than three or four things. You know, not to say the other things aren't important and not to say the other things cannot be done, but what are the absolute core, the DNA of your job? What's the, the real core? And once you know that, make sure that they're always done. And if the other things at times you know, are delayed or not done straight away, that's okay. We'll try to get to those, but the, the, the main things of your job, You've got to get to them all they've got to be done constantly consistently and to the, to the best standards and if you do that um you're going to be more successful and more satisfied in your life i love that and um what i learned very early frank and i'll get you two seconds on this it's more about as you get more mature and more progressed and more you know pinpointed in your reputation or your your choice and, and your paths in life it's more about what you say no to versus what you say yes to. 
It is, yeah, and, it's, and I think as as managers too, you know, uh, is just set those expectations and really just minimise that expectation. Don't give them a whole list of things to do. Just so this is exactly if you do anything, oh, that's great. That's a bonus. But this is exactly what I want you to do, uh, and how yeah, you do that. it and what you do, that's up to you. But uh, this is what I expect from you. But just keep it to a minimum, and everything else is a bonus. Thanks for sharing, mate. If you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bizarre one. Uh, totally out of left field. Uh, I'd like to run a deli, little deli cafe. Just a, just a rip, just a, a, I love a, that. Around the corner, but I want to do it a little bit different to the norm because that's a, rather than just copying this one, how can I make it different? You know, it's a bit like what you're doing at the moment in one way is create a really place that people want to come to a happy place and um and then you've got a group of people working for you that and again managing people and and making them um you know uh, inspiring for people to come along and, and be fun so yeah it's it's whether i do that or not not too short Stephen, but Mate, that's what is, like is there do. any dna or uh second third fourth generation stuff going on there that we need to know no, no, well, I've got an auntie in Milan, actually, and an <laughs> uncle that run a cafe, but uh, nothing out here. <laughs> What's the biggest surprise you've ever had in uh, in life and or, you know, your professional journey and why? Uh, nothing. Uh, well, there's obviously there plenty of surprises, but I think very, very early as a young person starting in this industry, a great old fellow uh, who's now passed away many, many years ago, uh, he basically said, expect the unexpected. It, it, uh, and that I think if it really just basically saying nothing should surprise you in this industry, just just be ready for anything. And I think of kind of that that was one of the earliest learnings I had. And I've kind of and he was right, and he said that way you kind of you just when they because the surprises happen all the time. They're, they're all different. They come in different shapes and uh, different forms. But basically, just expect it. Um, you know, and 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 then it, it get back to that learning we had before, like this year when they do come, then you adapt to it. You know, and we we ran a, our quote this year that the, our mantra that we ran after the lockdown, after the first lockdown, when we got back together, um, uh, the first time we got relocated up to Albury, very early, and it's just stuck and it became stronger as the season moved on. Is that overcome and adapt? That was our mantra. So okay, something's been thrown at us. We didn't expect this overcome it so deal with it now adapt to it and i think that's what got us through that was our biggest learning this year probably something we've always had and and i think all people have got that ability to do it but i suppose we actually demonstrated it this year and i think that's the only way because there's, there's surprises every day and uh but it's it's you know it's how you deal with it is most important not the actual surprise and frank you come across as a very level and controlled and and certainly balanced um, individual, and, and and no two ways about it. You you would need to, otherwise you'd you, you'd get cooked. Um, you'd cook yourself and others around you um, in your in your field. But what are thirty sec? What what can you give us as thirty seconds on 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 how to remain level? How to remain you know for what you can control in control? And and I know you've just mentioned a a mantra there: overcome and adapt. That's all. That's all cool, and that drives a team or a group of individuals um, to to move in a direction. But for you, and what again, your journey? How do you remain level? How do you remain 
for, for anyone listening to this, um, had, what would be your recommendation for people just remaining level, staying in control? I wish I was, I could say that like anyone else, we have our moments. And I think it's that ability to, you know, when you will have meltdowns, you will get emotional. I and mean, especially if you've got, you know, as you understand, Stefan, if you've got, got Latin blood in you, 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 you're going to be a little bit hot-headed at times and, and lose your cool. Not sometimes that's not the bad thing. People see that a bit of emotion. Um, I think that's a good thing because you know, it's it's who we, it's who you are. But I think it's the ability then to identify, okay, I've got to get out of that that particular set and and all the, the team, all the staff around me need need me different. And I think um, you know, is is I think that's it's that awareness of when you need to step out of being that emotional, wouldn't say volatile, but uh, emotional side of it and just come back a bit because everyone's got it in. And, it's, and also when you're down, you know, like it's kind of have your moment go away, especially in private, um, have your downtime. But when you walk through that door and everyone sees you, you've got to be, you've got to put, you, it's a bit like being a bit of an actor at times, you know, like you've got to put on a bit of a, a brave face sometimes. Um, but sometimes it's good for your people to see, you know, the, the emotion in you as well. Because I think that shows that you people that shows you people that you actually care. You know, you don't I, want to be a cold-blooded, cool person all the time. Yeah, I love you. I love the fact that you went there because what we've seen not only this year, although this year was like it was it was right up there, but over the last three to four five years, what we've seen in the transitionary leadership of uh, of, of of men and women running their teams, their businesses, their organisations. Some of them are you know certainly breaking through. Uh, into new into new um, phases and and stages. What we're seeing a lot more of is that transparency, is that vulnerability piece. Where I don't need to look like I'm the strongest in the as a leader. I don't need to be the strongest, but I need to be as best I can, the most level across a period of time, which allows me to be down. It allows me to be um, human. You know, it allows me to be not only living but also being demonstrative of no judgment. Just because I'm the leader, I don't need to be the strongest and withheld, withhold the, the, the biggest push. You know, we're in this together. So vulnerability is something we've seen. I'm sure you're seeing it with your young stars coming through too where, you know, their ability to be a lot more outspoken and, and a lot more mindful as to uh, their thoughts and you know, putting themselves in a position of what would have been 20 years ago, not acceptable in, in what they expect yeah. and demand, you know, their, their vulnerabilities. So, no, thank thank you for going there, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, do you have any secret routines that help you stay productive? That about staying productive or staying sane would probably be a better question, Stefan. Um, look, I think it's, but the, uh, I think something, again, that we did really well in, in our bubble or our hub or whatever people like that, we really needed to develop a switch on, switch off button. Um, probably more so this year than in the year because this year, we, for four and a half months, we lived together 24-7. We're in the, yeah, so we saw each other every single day and for large hours of the day. Um, so we needed to have the ability to switch off away from what we do, our, our jobs, our, you know, if you're a player, if you're a coach, in my role. So... Otherwise, if you don't, if we didn't, you get pretty exhausted mentally and emotionally exhausted. So having that ability to switch on, switch off, is really important uh, because um, you know it's like any job. You just if you if you eat and sleep at twenty four seven, you're not going to produce your best. 
So it's it's the ability to to know that and, and do and it's easier said than done because your mind there's always something ticking in your mind. So it's about keeping your mind active and you know I like to um like to train in the morning and be active in the morning. I think that's important to start the day well. I think that's I think that's important. I think if you start the day well with you know some type of activity, it's a walk in the gym or or whatever it is, it's just get you active straight away. I think that's a healthy start. Uh, it does for me anyway. And at the end of the other side of the day, I try to, um, I love Seinfeld. So I make sure I watch one episode of Seinfeld most nights before I go to bed against to be in that, you know, happy state and, and, and go to bed. So I think starting the day and finishing the day are the two most important things. You, you what, what, what's your favourite episode of Seinfeld? I'd have to be the Super Nazi, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, uh, I'm reading here, uh, this is again, this is uh, in preparation of today's uh, conversation, there's a, there's a line here that says, no, train, no team trains harder, that's the Melbourne Storm that is, no team trains harder and you either buy in or you bugger off. Now that's on public, uh, that's on the public space, it's not you telling me that, but I, I believe that. And, and, you know, to be productive is to know where the edge is and, and go to the edge. But then you must switch off. Yeah, yeah it is because you've got to refresh. So yeah. really, really good sharing there, and um, you know, getting that blood, um, getting the blood tossed early in the morning, and then at the end of the day, watching some Seinfeld sounds like a pretty good routine to me, mate. Uh, what's been your biggest learning, your failure? What's been your biggest um, learning in the last year, and why do you think that happens? Look, I think the first thing is a mindset, Stefan. Is rather than saying what's the failures is um, look back and say, what would I have done differently? I just think that's your mindset because then, then it'd be, rather than look at things as success and failure is, and, and you know, what do you call them? You look back and, and we always like to review whether things have gone really well, things haven't gone so well is always look back at the time and rather than at the end of the year is on the, on the run. You know, I think initially we used to do our reviews at the end of the season which we still do, but we used to leave everything. And a season's a long season. Can start for us can start in November and finish in early October. That's that's eleven months. And trying to remember things happen eleven months. So one thing we've we've done better over the years is continually reviewing, you know, and whether whether things are going a bit like that, you know, things are never as good as they seem or never as bad as they. Whether we've one lost whatever they are, always look at it. Could we have done it differently? How? And sometimes there might be some minor tweaks. And sometimes we just would have done that completely different. So I just think that's always the, the best thing. But I think constantly reviewing on the run is, is definitely the best way to get get learnings rather than waiting for things to happen. It's a bit like when, right, it's, it's interesting when clubs um, are in crisis and they bring in some outside consultants to, you know, to do a, a, a study into the, in, in, you know, what's gone wrong with the club is, by that stage, the damage is done. You know, it's it, it's when you're not you know, just continually, and when you might bring in people in when you're going going really well, and 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 how, how can you do it? Might again only be those that little one two percent, but always getting better. So again, it's 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 looking back and reviewing. I think would be for the, that, those ones, and I think yeah, try to avoid the word failure. That's not try to pretend it didn't, because in our industry we're governed by wins and losses. So you can't pretend we didn't lose a game or an important game or we lost a grand final. You, you, you can't pretend it didn't happen. It happened. But what we've done, you know, the question is we lost, but what we've done differently in the lead-up, what we've done differently in the day, 
to get a better result was probably a, a more proactive way of looking at it. Yeah, and, and, and the, uh, the the ethos at uh, Melbourne Storm, from what I understand, and again from a from an outsider that's not intimately involved, um, it, it is about refinement. It is about one percent improvement. It's about living it, learning it. Let's go. Let, let's do it a little bit better. And um, I think that's um, again, you get that core team right, and you keep it really consistent as it relates to a standard. Then the upside is always just around the corner. It's, it's certainly true. Uh, what makes you feel inspired or like about your best self? Uh, I think ability to get better, Stefan. There's always wanting to get better every day or every year or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, we had a, a motto here about the well, last time I won a premiership, 2017, and my motto going to the new season was get better or get beaten. And that was a collective mantra, but it was also an individual mantra. So basically what it said is that, okay, we, we might be the current premiers, of the NRL, but uh, we just can't be satisfied with, you know, by, by certain, celebrate it, be proud of it, you know, get confidence from it, but it's not going to help us in 2018. So we we have to get better, otherwise we'll get beaten. And um, so I suppose having that mantra always, you know, and what inspires, I think, learning from other people, learning from other organisations, that inspires, you know, like whether it's, a, it's the All Blacks, you know, spending time with them or... Uh, and building networks, you know, you, you know, that's something that's really, I've really enjoyed over the last 10 or so years, probably longer, is building networks around the world with people that I want to share. Um, you know, recently, uh, a fellow by the name of Scott Robinson, who's the head coach of the Crusaders Super Rugby team, have won the last four titles in a row. He's just an inspiring bloke to talk to. You could you speak to to Razor for 45 minutes, and you and you get off the, the Zoom or the phone call just inspired because it just inspires you. And so I just think those people, especially people that have had uh, success or, you know, whether it's the Tigers, um, we we used the lockdown very productive this year. Um, when we had the first six-week lockdown, we, we all stayed at home. We, the, the coaches and myself, we had this thing called Wisdom Wednesday. So every Wednesday we would, I'd, I'd organise a coach from another code where we would interview him for about 90 minutes, similar to this, Stefan. So, um, and it was every Wednesday morning, you know, see what wisdom that we can impart from. And we had, we had Damien Hardwick from the Tigers. We had Justin Langer from the Australian cricket team. We had Wayne Smith from uh, the All Blacks. And then we also had Craig Bellamy from the Melbourne Storm. So it was good for our coaches to listen to Craig Bellamy. So that is what, you know, I think people, you know, I'm, I've got, I've got some of the best books ever written, but I'm a terrible reader, which is a, <laughs> you said, what's your failures? Again, rather than what could I have done better, I should be a better reader. But yeah, people inspire me. Just just talking and listening to people, I just, and you just bring new ideas. So that, that, that's what keeps me going on a regular basis. I wouldn't say every year, just regular. Yeah, and, and there's no two ways about it, Frank. I mean, you are a people's person. I mean, one thing that always um, stood out when I, when I first met you, and I don't know if you remember when we first met, more waiting to uh, present. Um, I think it was at Chad Oak, and um, you, you went first, Plus, and then I went yeah. after you. And that's right. Yes. And, and the thing that just really struck me with you is, um, you know, you, you you make yourself very accessible, and therefore, you know, that that whole being a student, being a student of life, you know, um, it's so befitting, and um, and it's still to this day, mate. You're, um, and I'm sure it happens everywhere for you, as in, you know, and I'm sure you're also very good at, you know, if you. If you 
I'm, I'm going to sort of promote myself here. If you're meeting numb nuts, you're not going to let them through. <laughs> but you are a good, you are a good, uh, you, you are accessible, and that makes you a very attractive human being. And hence, why your success continues at your level to to prosper and thrive, and, and you're a well sought after individual. Mate, question without notice, and, and this is about you and your um, where where how far do you look as it relates to your career? How far, and again, this is a question without notice. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and you want to judge Frank on this answer, well, mate, you're going to have to talk to me. So how far do you look as it relates to your career? I mean, you're at a stage in life now, a season in life. You're, you're at the peak of your, uh, your, 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 um, your professional uh, um, journey. But how far do you look as it relates to your professional career? How far do you suggest people could look, should look? This is your opinion. I think it's an individual thing, Stephen. I think basically I think um, when you're younger, I suppose you look further ahead than you do now, I suppose. So it's, I, I, you know, I, I've probably learned over, over the time that you just, it's, yes, the journal, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. It, it's, it's good to have... Um, your vision of where you'd like to be in five, ten years' time. But things change. You know, things change, good or bad. Um, um, you know, and they happen for a reason sometimes. So it's, so you've got a bit of a, a bit of a sketch, a bit of a idea where you, you think you may be or think you'd like to be in the next stage. But one thing you probably learn is not to put a timeline. So, you know, two years' time or three years' time. Oh, that's me, I, you know, because I just think, as you know, you don't know at that in a couple of years' time what, what my motivation or, and what my commitment is to this current role. If I'm still as passionate on now, there'd be no reason we continue doing it. If it's not, do I slightly change role in the club or do I look for something completely different? I don't know. You know, it's, um, it's certainly things you think about, but you don't, I don't sit down anyway and because just... You, you just don't know where, how how things will go, and um, so it's again, it's been been able to have a bit of a, a bit of a roadmap, but to have an ability to, you might have to go off the road and go a little bit of a different direction now, rather than being this is a freeway. It's certainly not a freeway. It's there's there's different roads to the left and right, um, and take detours or go a different direction. I'm not too sure. So, yeah, pro probably not too much early on, more than more so than I am now, but. I really appreciate that answer, Frank, because um, the, the the amount of men and women in managerial leadership, influential positions, that they just fry their brain about thinking way too far ahead, and they miss the opportunity for the uh, you know the roses that are growing yes. right now today, and and um, you can get cooked. And I feel, I feel, on a personal level, and this is a personal journey for me. Two thousand and twenty has taught me to live in the moment yeah and it's a very european thing too by the way yeah like the europeans and the way they go about their business their lives it's very much in the now versus in australia for many decades we've always been about the bigger and the longer and work today work hard today for the future and it's like no no you've got to enjoy the moment and um and, and make an impact today because tomorrow might not come around no, no, I reckon there's got to be a balance, Stephen, too. There's got to be a little bit of looking ahead. But if you're too preoccupied with looking too far ahead, what happens is, as well as not enjoying the now, it takes your eye off the now. 
and that affects your performance. And that's a bit like coaching a team and being involved in a team. If you're too worried about at the beginning of the year, worrying about winning the grand final and winning the premiership, you're going to start losing a lot of games early in the season. So that doesn't matter what you want to do at the end of the year. If you can't win those early games, that's going to be the important part. So again, it's about keeping your eye on, on, on the now as well as enjoying the now. It's just being focused on the now as well. Mate, just, just a couple of um, final questions here. If you could have a dinner party with just three people, dead or alive, which is I'm really interested in hearing your, your, your list here. If you could have a dinner party with just three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Well, obviously yourself, Stefan, that'd be, but that's an obvious, there'd be five of us really, wouldn't there? Um, <laughs> look, I think, I looked at this a little bit differently, this question, and I look at this, I, there's, there's lots of people you could, and I'm trying to get people that cover a lot of area, rather than getting three of the same people. Um, one would be someone who could teach us, teach me about and entertain me and inspire me about resilience and hope. None better than Nelson Mandela. Like he was all about incredible resilience and having hope. You know, that he's, I can't think of him higher, or he's, he's a standout in that area. Then I'd like to invite someone that um, is a visionary who's uh, has a tremendous innovation is daring there's lots of people lots of business people lots of people um so i went through a heap of people you know the one that one of our owners jerry ryan he's just just you know, he's got all that like he started with nothing and has grown an empire but he's just he's done that because he's got vision incredible interview skills great people person he's daring you know and, and he's just a positive person to be around so i think he covers that one and I think humour is really important in life. I think you'd need someone funny there. So I'd probably get Jerry Seinfeld for the third person. Just to, <laughs> you need it because you, without, without humour, you can't survive, I just think. That, Mate, that I, I had him in locked in at number one for you. Anyone that's preferring to watch Jerry Seinfeld than having a cold tinny is definitely <laughs> getting invited to, uh, to, the, to the dinner party. Mate, if I, if I can help you unwind three financial decisions in your life, how much more money would you have right now? Oh, you know, Stefan, I looked at this question and I thought, I found this the hardest question because money's never driven me. Not not to say that I like anyone in life who don't enjoy the, the pleasures of life. I do, don't worry about that. I, you know, enjoy nice wine and, you know, enjoy living in a nice home and all that and going on nice holidays. So I'm no different than anyone else, but it, it's not my main driver. And I probably, and I probably looked at, you know, you look at things in your life and saying a couple of times in the last, the last 13 years, I could have accepted other, when I was off contract, accepted other position, uh, positions at other clubs for significantly more money. Um, so from a financial point of view, it would have put me in a far better position. But I have no regrets because I'm happy what, what, what I do is probably the only thing I'd probably look at, you know, probably early on, I'd probably wish I'd um, probably bought more real estate or got involved in real estate, I suppose. You know, probably I should have done that. But again, like he's going, and I'm talking about when you're really young, and but then again, you enjoyed your, you know, growing up. And but it's um, generally speaking, yeah, it, it's it's one that I don't look back saying I should have done this, I should have done that. Of course, always. Could have done a lot better financially, but you know, I've always made sure that I enjoyed it at the same time. Frank, I can share with you, mate, no matter how many people get asked that question, including myself, and I get to answer it, the answer is always a little bit more, right? And there's many that say, look, money's not my driver. 
and you know being being around good people having good health and uh and, and living to your 100 is probably uh, a bigger driver than money what is the best advice you've ever been given and why yeah two things uh very early treat people like you want to be treated i think that uh, especially as a manager i think that's the best thing uh, um put yourself in their shoes but you know if they're sitting on the other side of the desk if you're sitting in that chair how do you want to be treated and sometimes you got to deliver them not really good news um, but how do you want that news to deliver and i think that that's really important and now and, and along that line is to get the best out of people you got to understand everyone's different so how one person is treated and dealt with going to be completely different to someone else and by that I mean some people might need a bit of a cuddle and an arm around them and, and a softer approach that gets the best out of that person some need a more a bit of a kick up the backside and and a stronger hand but that gets the best out of them so knowing what gets the best out of people so I think those is 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 people skills is you know there's some empathy on how they feel and how you want to be treated if you're in their position and the second rule is just understanding what makes someone. That's a bit harder. I think the first one's an easy one. I think everyone can, everyone can do that. Everyone should have empathy. But the second one is the hardest is get to know your people. What makes them tick? What makes them get, get the very best out of your people? I think that's a more challenging one, but I think that's the art of being a good manager. Mate, well done. I've got um, I've got eight words here. So this is the quick response. Like literally you got 10 seconds when I say this word to give me your quickest response. There's no booby traps here, they're all good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna name these words and then you're just gonna give me a quick response. And the first one is congruency. <laughs> I'm not sure, I don't know. That's, I mean, uh, what, what, what are your views on you say what you do and you do what you say? Oh, massive. I think that's, that's, that's leadership because leadership's influence. So it's, um, you know, that's the most important thing about leadership. It's not, it's not, it's not what you say, it's what you do. Second, second uh, this is words, life balance. Critical. Um, for, the, for, you know, your family, first of all. But secondly, for yourself too, is about that switch on, switch off I spoke about before. To get the very best out of yourself, you need to be able to switch off. Integrity. Uh, as I said in, in, during this thing, I think that's the number one. Yeah, people, whether you, people can question how you do things about your ability at the end of the day, that's the number one thing that uh, is, is most important to me. Authenticity. Uh, very similar. I think it's uh, 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 people can see you can see through fake people. And I think people like, you know, and I spoke about being passionate and caring, but also about being genuine. I think that, that's what people, you want to be remembered for. Competitor. Yeah, in our business, it's critical. I think if someone lacks that competitive edge in our industry, they're going to struggle. It's, it's a competitive business uh, and it's competitive every day. So I think it's if you haven't got that quality, you, you're not going to get too far in our industry. Gratitude. Yeah, I think we've spoken about a fair bit and I think it's something that, you know, I'm starting to understand more as I get older than I certainly did when I was younger. And I, I wish I, I knew about it a lot. You know, I, but again, it probably helps with the, all the other things, like especially the work-life balance. I think being able to be grateful is, is going to make that a lot easier. Family. Number one, isn't it? That's what we do things. That's, you know, you kind of every, every time you 
you ask a lot of that, you can ask those questions. You say, besides family, besides family, it's, it's yeah, number one. Four more, talent. Uh, we have a, on the doors of our change rooms at the Melbourne Storm, we have a quote that says, talent gets you to this door, hard work will get you through it. Mm. I love that. Um, Craig Bellamy. Wow, in 10 seconds is difficult. He's genuine, passionate, and he's just draw, he's extremely driven and he drives everyone else with him. Good on him. Cam Smith. Uh, brilliant leader, composed, uh, calm, and just you, you when you're around him, he, he just oozes, he oozes confidence and you get confident by being around him. And the last one, mate, coaching. Uh, I think coaching is about getting the best out of people. It's no different to managing. It's just getting the best out of your players. And there's and there's different ways of doing it. It's like the old cliche, um, different ways to skin a cat. And it's no different with coaching. There's different ways. The end result, you've got to get the best out of that individual. Frank Panisi, general uh, general manager of football operations. Is that is that the true? Is that the full title? That's the one. And uh, no two ways about it. There's operations and there's football all over that. And uh, Frank, an integral part of the uh, the amazing story that is Melbourne Storm, and since 2007, been a, a significant influence, mate. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. I know you're a busy, busy man, even in the off season. We um, we wish you and your family happy holidays, and Frank, mate, um, may you keep on giving, man. You're a you're, you're a legend in what you do, mate. Appreciate you so much. Definitely, really enjoyed it, and uh, hope to see, hope it's uh, our next time we see each other is not as long as uh, been this time. But no, we enjoyed it. So thank you very much. I think these type of things are good for everyone because it's just kind of it makes you a bit like the smell in the rose. It makes you reflect on on it. I think it's a really important exercise for. For, for people to, to do things like this. It's not about just giving back. It's about this is just another way of getting better, isn't it? Like sometimes you've just got to reflect and make you think about life a little bit a bit deeper. Mate, I love it. Mate, you be good. Have a great Christmas. You too, Stephen. Soon Cheers, thank you. Thanks, talk soon. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.